Today's edition of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by Anchor.fm, a free distribution service podcasting hosting platform that allows you to record your podcast on your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor.fm app or go to Anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and enjoy the episode. The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome everyone to the 10th edition of Neo Reality Collective. We're back again to cover the first half of the first week of March. Rich and we got some big news for you. First off on that list is the new Halo novel by to- Troy Denning, Inc. called Divine Wind. Denning, it was announced Microsoft did not announce a single detail about Divine Wind in its blog post, but the company said fans can expect more details in the near future. For now, Microsoft said expect its fans to discover details about Divine Wind on their own, saying. Being rest assured fans of Troy Denning's unique Halo work will likely be, a f- be able to ferret out the key, key details about what's planned for the upcoming adventure. Along as part of their big leak of news that came out of that regarding the Halo Infinite project and subsequent some new, uh, new concepts going on with Halo, but we'll get back to that. As currently, um, while I have read some of Troy Denning's stuff, like Star by Star, I feel, well, I'm not much, I, I don't really read that much Halo novels. I've read the original OG novels like Halo Ghost of Onyx, Halo Re- The Fall of Reach, the original version, and The Flood, and First Strike. Those were during the during the early days of the Halo era before it got super, super big. But yeah, I'm probably not the best expert on this. So I haven't read a single book regarding what's gone on in the Halo universe since that. I've only heard small snippets of it. So, and what I'm hearing from pop culture osmosis, essentially. So, yeah, you can be excited for that, but I'm not sure if I'll be... I'm just hoping the games are not affected by all the books coming out, because Halo 5 was a complete disaster on that front. Meanwhile, Microsoft is testing 1080p xCloud streams up from 720 So, a source sent, sent the site... Site GameSpot documentation. Windows Central is reporting that Microsoft is now testing 1080p streams, an increase from the 720 cap, saying a source sent to the site documentation from the Xbox streaming test tools for developers that shows a res- new resolution for of up to 1080p. This will bring xCloud in line with Stadia and other, uh, other platforms. This is all reportedly made possible because Microsoft says be upgrading its xCloud server blades from Xbox One S consoles to Xbox Series X, providing a boost in performance. As Windows Central lays out, the X Cloud service currently has a cap of 720 for streaming, which is not ideal for all games. You can see there are picture qualities for comparison on Windows Central. Oh, but it should be able to help make things a lot better, make everything crisper for quality quality control and everything. So I haven't, I don't have Android, so I haven't tried out the Xbox stuff, but but I have. But I have done project. I, I have seen some videos about it. But I'm on an Apple phone, so yeah, that, that's gonna be a little bit problematic for me. Uh, they're trying to see if they can work around that, but we'll have to see. Mortal Shell Enhanced Edition is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X and S on March 4th. Earth, which has already been scheduled for release and subsequently is pretty pretty insane, but. Yeah, they have a deluxe set and and all the insanity that is to entail with it. Rendering the Xbox Series X version will render the game at 4K, although you have to sell for 30 frames per second in experience, whereas the 
Other consoles will be rendered at 4K at 60 frames. Games will also feature upgraded textures, whispering sounds, and heartbeat vibrations will be transmitted through the DualSense controller for added immersion. It's a Souls-like action game being remastered for the new consoles. Meanwhile, Halo 3, we're back to Halo 3 stuff. Halo 3 new maps look amazing, apparently, in the new footage from the Master Chief Collection beta testers. So yeah, Halo 3 is getting new maps in 2021, and a lot of people are praising it, the testers at least. And yeah, I, it's been so long since we saw that kind of stuff. I do miss the glory days of, uh, of when I played Halo 3 with my buddies, with Solaris, with... Uh, so many of my buddies on there. There's good times and bad times and some really bad times because I was not in a good place mentally and I had a bully harassing me and making racist remarks. Luckily that ended on a funny note. But yeah, part of the season six update that said to be going on along with a backpack based off Fortnite stuff. So basically good luck with that. Meanwhile, an Elden Link Ring trailer was leaked on making rounds on the internet. However, Elden fans have been cutting up together footage of the leaked trailer flowing around online to create something more cohesive. Some of the clips servicing, including what you can see, is published on GameSpot. But there is shaky cam footage of this leaked trailer that's been making rounds on social media despite its poor quality and the fact the footage is likely from last year. The trailer is generating a lot of buzz due to how long Elden Ring has been out of the spotlight. So this is the first glimpse of public stuff since the initial reveal trailer of 2019. And I'm pretty sure after the events of the pandemic going on, it kind of caused even further delays. So we're probably never going to see it until probably 2025. I really get George R. R. Martin can write that quick. Because when was the last series, last thing he published with his Game of Thrones epic that is not borrowing the elements of the ending? So... <clears throat> so yeah GTA Online player a player on GTA Online has cut the long load times by 70% a modder has figured out a way to signify to significantly reduce the time of the notorious long loading times for GTA Online on PC while the method is just proof of concept it does seem to lead to a sizable improvement which the modder says Rockstar could implement itself a word of caution though using mods on GTA Online gets you banned the PC Game reports that Modern Toaster Toaster X uploaded the, their fix to GitHub and explained why it works. Essentially, they say that the normal load sequence runs a new check every time it finds a new entry in the 10 megabytes HSON file, leading to 2, million, 2 billion checks. This about optimizes the process, which reduces the load times on their own computer by roughly 70%. TwisterX doesn't recommend this mod for casual use, but says it could be possible for Rockstar to implement similar fixes in the actual game. Like many mods, using it could result in a ban or other actions from Rockstar. Load times that have been a consistent community complaint for years. How is a modder fan doing it? So, yeah, how how, how is um how, how is this possible though? I, I'm trying to wonder how how do people go ahead and and do something that Rockstar could clearly do but refuses to have video game companies develop all these great games and yet a fan manages to improve like loading times unofficial patches and yet the developer is like well we can't do it it's too hard the most notorious is Skyrim and how they have unofficial patches and yet the community still deals with bugs and issues that they fix Whereas Bethesda just sits on their hands and goes ahead and was like, oh, let's, let's just let them fix it. <sighs> Meanwhile, the wife of Chadwick Boseman accepted a Golden Globe on his behalf in the single most emotional moment of the evening, it seems, amidst Sunday's night's half-virtual, half-physical Golden Globes award ceremony, which, re which was really with technical glitches that and overshadowed by controversy over the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's lack of black representation in its, in its ranks. And one moment stood out as the possible, the most powerful, and clearly the most moving of the evening. That was when the wife of Ch Chadwick Boseman accepted the post posthumously award uh, on her husband's behalf, which, which when he won Best Actor in Motion Picture John for his work in Ma Rayleigh's Black Bottom. 
Bozeman was widely favored to win it, even the even with formidable competition like Anthony Hopkins, the father, Gary Oldman, Mack, Mack, Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal, and Tara Ram and the Mediterranean. Bozeman fire returns the angry, tormented young Trumpeteer. Here, Levin Green in the Netflix adaptation of August Wilson's play was his final screen appearance. The actor passed away due to colon cancer tragically at the age of 43 and had been and have been uh you know yeah so and has been going through that for a number of years so yeah it it was a pretty emotional moment for everyone involved but i don't watch the golden globes in fact i don't watch anything but i have been but i have watched a clip a segment of the speech and she was it was a pretty awesome moment, and Chadwick Boseman, ready rest in peace in the spirit of Wakanda's ancestries. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was sad to hear. It's still shocking to hear that this guy's gone, and especially since he had it for years now and was working physical roles that demanded a lot from him, and yet he still went through with it and keeping his condition a secret. Meanwhile, Taylor Swift calls out Netflix for a lazy, deeply sexist joke about her and Jeannie and Georgia. So, yeah. Jeannie and Georgia made a joke about Taylor Swift and the pop star was really pissed off about it, saying, Hey, Jeannie and Georgia call, 2010 called. It wants his lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining their, this horse sheet as funny? Also, Netflix, after Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Happy Women's Month, his, History Month, I guess. Joke in question came online in the show where Jeannie says to Georgia, What do you care? You go through men faster than Taylor Swift. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Uh. That, that's gotta be rough. Like, really? Oh, uh, man, that, that's kinda harsh. And considering that her own documentary, Miss Americana, came out in the, on the same platform last year, it probably did piss her off more than usual. Uh, huh. Yeah. Also, Horizon for Ben West, still seemingly on track for 2021, according to Sony Advertising. Still on track for release on the PS5 and PS4 later this year, according to the most recent games trailer from Sony. The trailer suggests the sequel will launch in the second half of 2021. We're also featuring the most up-to-date release information for Ratchet and Clank with departing Gran Turismo 7. The trailer in question features the recently revealed June release date for Insomniac's latest Ratchet and Clank adventure and the omission of a 2021 release date window for Gran Turismo 7, suggesting the anticipated second half of 2021. Uncaption for Horizon for West is equally accurate. A second ad on Instagram co corroborates this, stating that Forbidden West might come out late in the later months of 2021. This echoes statements from PlayStation's Jim Ryan, who said he felt confident about the release of Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, and Hor Horizon, and Forbidden West in the interview with GQ last week. Ryan also mentioned that if the need arises, Sony is giving developers a space to delay their games. This was the case of Gran Turismo, which was delayed to 2021. So some games have been delayed. So yeah, I'm glad that they're like, hey, um, they're that they're giving the developers like a chance to delay their products so they can make it as be best as they best possibly can at their resources. We'll have to see how that works out for Gran Turismo Seven, and and you'll have to see what comes out in the later half of this year. We'll see. Let's just hope it's good content. Good content, damn it. Meanwhile, Joel McHale talks about Madden and pitches his own video game. Actor Joel McHale recently appeared on the video game podcast Good Game, Nice Try, opening up about his own video game taste, even jokingly pitching his own game concept. The lengthy chat included thoughts on Madden character creators and a game McHale calls Wine Cellar. Calls himself an old man, pokes fun at his own skill level, though he does say that he is pretty good at Battlefield games a few years back. He also said that those seeking to learn football should just play man for a month because the complexity of knowledge about plays and options took him years to learn when he actually played football in real life. 
also known as uh, microtransactions, loot boxes, and screw you over, far Fortune from EA. We also discussed character creators, which McHale said he doesn't really bother with it, despite being deeply concerned about his appearance, but while he plays shooters and horror games, his real dream seems a lot more relaxing. Saying this, so, I like the video game Wine Cellar, where you go into a cellar and start popping open super expensive bottles that you could not afford in real life. The goal of the game, he said, is to drink it all before 12 noon. Later, he mentioned that White Cell multiplayer would consist of friends vomiting while he puts on an album. Okay, that's weird. Uh, that's a weird game. I don't know if they would go through with it, but it's weird. Meanwhile, Snoop Dogg rage quicks Madden in a stream 15 minutes into it. Yeah, that sounds about right. If I was, if I was any, if Snoop Snoop Dogg played EA Madden, that was his first mistake. So yeah, totally understand why he would quit rage quit after that. Probably the wheel, probably those loot boxes and gambling mechanics probably got to him. So, yeah, that that was insane. The world ends with you. Anime is having a screening event in March. The previously announced Square Enix The World Ends With You anime series adaptation based on the popular video game franchise of the same name that debated in two thousand seven. We having an event screen. Uh, episode 1 and of the anime series revealed via show's Twitter account saying on M March 14th 5.30pm Eastern Standard Time uh, no wait 4.30am Eastern Standard Time it's daylight savings time day you'll be able to take part in the world premiere of the show or watch the first episode and talk to the cast tickets range from 20 US dollars those to $175 depending on package which you can pick out now the series is expected to be on April 9th for this world premiere event. According to the anime's official website, fans will have the opportunity to purchase limited edition merchandise like custom skateboard deck, as well as a live talk session with the main cast. Wait, watch. A live talk session. I would honestly like to interview people, but, you know, it's hard to get that these days. At least for me. Back in February, the same channel also tweeted that this upcoming event would be available to fans glory, feature an art exhibition, and also... Offer a preview of the first episode of the series, which is titled The World Ends Review, the animation. And so the game was a Nintendo DS game, which has been ported to several other consoles, including the Switch in 2018. And the game takes place in a fictional version of the famous Shibuya shopping district in Tokyo. Oh, while everyday life goes on the real ground, and the chosen dead are brought to an alternate plane of existence called the underground. Over the course of three weeks, it's up to a group of friends to understand what exactly is happening and also solve a murder mystery. In addition to the anime in April, a sequel called Neo, The World Ends With You, ooh, pun, has been announced for release on PS4 and Nintendo Switch for mid-2021. Also, they shot up Kingdom Hearts' uh, Dream Job Distance, but really no one's keeping count on that. <laughs> so, I, I, only, I only watched it on the... I only know about that series because of Kingdom Hearts. I don't know really much anything else about it, so... Yeah. Kingdom Hearts, everyone. <sighs> Meanwhile, Ghost Recon Breakpoint will be apparently receiving further updates and content to 2021. Ubisoft has confirmed, writing on their Twitter account, out saying, Ghosts, get ready for the next mission. We are excited to announce that there will be new content released this year. Er, along with thanking the fans for the feedback and all the support they've given them, um, so, yeah, but are you going to account for what happened to your company after after the game came out initially and all the insanity that followed with it? Meanwhile, Microsoft has confirmed that the upcoming Halo TV show will be available to watch outside of America. And the head of Halo developers, 343 Transmedia team, Kiki Wolfkill. Kiki Wolfkill, I must stress that's the real name. Say on Twitter that there will be no spotter left behind when it comes to where Halo will be available or to watch. Her comment came in response to a fan who asked, will the show be my stream for people in the UK? Saying this, no details to share, but don't worry, no Spartan left behind. So, that's cool. I, I would, I, I'm hoping for the Halo series to be good because they are promising it to be a Game of Thrones-like like, uh, event but not as a long-running series, I heard, last I checked. But, but, 
Let's just hope it doesn't end in a very over the top, unknown way that makes next to no sense and has the vi- has the good has the hero turn villainish out of nowhere because bells trigger her. I mean, like, I mean, like if I was speaking hypothetically. No need for speed until 2021. Game delayed so developer can help on Battlefield 6. Ouch. On Polygon, on, there was an interview with Laurie Maley. He calls a bow move to help project help the project finish coming together, and saying saying that the game had been delayed as part of a bold move to help with Battlefield Real Six. Probably not going to be worth it. Probably. Meanwhile, the iPhone 13 could finally shrink the notch before Apple removes it entirely. The iPhone 13 could finally be reducing the size of the uh, Apple's recognizable notch with the model in 2022, almost eradicating it entirely. The latest report from Apple analyst Ming-Chi Ming Ko via The Verge details plans for Apple's 2021 devices and the small changes they will introduce. Despite poor sales, Apple seems confident in sticking with an iPhone mini, which will benefit from a slightly smaller notch, where along with the rest of the iPhone 13 line. The Pro models of the range will also reportedly be upgraded with 120 frames per second display, something which numerous Android devices have had for years. The report also details future plans regarding iPhone models in 2022 and 2023. The successful of the iPhone 13 might be the big first big redesign we'll implement since the introduction of the iPhone 10, with the notch being completely replaced by a punch hole design for selfie camera. Uh, how Apple intends to let fit the cameras required for Face ID into the design at all has yet to be seen. Also developing, reportedly in the early phases, designing his own foldable iPhone, although Corey Koo warns that this is still years away. The earliest Apple re- might reveal the product in 2020 is 2023, which reports that earlier this year that the device was still in the design phase of the production and not even confirmed any release in the future. So, yeah, get ready for that to happen, everyone. I'm probably going to buy... I buy a phone every two years, depending on the complexity. I don't get those S models because it just feels like they're just getting a iPhone insert number 0.5. So I always say, just wait till the next one comes out. Meanwhile, gay stock has been rising and falling ever since the initial surge, and now it's being reportedly saying that the analysis the analysis found that bots use Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter and GameStop to promote GameStop. Up in unmeme stocks, stocks such as AMC, however, it's unclear to what degree these bots actually contributed to the search itself. So, it might be, we're not saying it's bots, but it was probably bots. Say, we saw clear patterns of artificial behavior, co-founder of PQ Media, uh, across the other four social media platforms. When you think of the organic content, it's variable in the day, variable day to day. It doesn't have the exact same pattern every day for a month. So, yeah, I'm, uh, all those shows and movies are probably going to get a roll out of this. Along with that, Twitch and Rolling Stone are launching a new music streaming channel. A brand new channel on the streaming platform titled Rolling Stone on Twitch. The channel will feature a variety of content for music fans, including news, interviews, and live performances. Rolling Stone on Twitch goes live Monday through Friday at 1 p.m., at 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard and 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the publication of new Twitch channel. It will be hosted by Rolling Stone producers Tia Hill and Joe Wiggle Wheel as a variety show with the original segments and existing franchises happening every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Live musical performances are scheduled every Tuesday and Thursday. This week's guests will include Marcus King, Ted Park, and the Russo Brothers. Hmm. So that seems pretty cool. Trademark on Bungie's front is that BungieCon has resurfaced. They, the trademark that Bungie originally filed is in 2020 is making rounds again this week, prompting speculation that Disney's, Destiny Studio may have plans for its own convention. Originally filed in the summer of 2020, covers all manners of products, including jewelry, trading cards, pants, boots, along, along with something more befitting its name, organizing, conducting a fan convention in the fields of video game and computers. So... Bungie, 
Originally, it was said that there was potential ideas further bolstered by the news back in 2017 that Bungie had trademarked the idea of a DestinyCon. Okay, I mean, it would have been interesting to see a Bungie Con when it was first ha when the Halo when Halo was at its peak for a lot of fans, and it's when Bungie was running everything. But it's probably not going to happen this year because, well, if San Diego Comic Con twenty twenty one that has just been recently announced is canceled, it's going to happen. Then I'm pretty sure Bungie Con's not happening this year, so get used to that. Anyways, the STCC Con has been canceled. Because of the COVID pandemic. Damn you, COVID! Meanwhile, Borderlands movie cast Avengers Infinity Wars Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny Tina. So, the cast of the upcoming Borderlands movie casted, casted Ariana, according to The Hollywood Reporter, and confirmed by Gearbox via Twitter, already directed Eli Roth, has enlisted to impress the stable actress to fill out his Borderlands world. world. The actress played the young Gamora in flashback at the MCU movie and also appeared in Love and Monsters and will feature in the upcoming In the Heights. Ain't that I'm just thinking. <laughs> oh, Gamora. Uh, oh, man. Oh. Good luck to her. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan... There's been an update on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Game of Thrones actress and For Life star are in... Indira Varma, I'm pretty sure I butchered this name completely wrong, set to join the show. Oh, and right, and the character details are under wraps as plot de as our plot details on the drama, which is based on McGregor's prequel movie character, Christensen will reprise his role as Darth Vader. The show is expected to take place between the final movie of George Lucas's prequels, Revenge of the Sith, and New Hope. So, yeah. Ewan McGregor series looking to be something big and epic. Now, if it's rumored that it was supposed to also feature Darth Cryot, the future Sith Lord, I will be sad that that was taken away from us. Meanwhile, the PlayStation Store will soon will let you rent or buy TV shows, shows and movies. The change goes into effect in August 31st, 2021. Well, that kind of sucks. Meanwhile, uh, which I'm pretty sure angers a certain book writer, Hogwarts Legacy, the Harry Potter open-world RPG, will let you make a transgender character. Oh, J.K. Rowling's pissed, isn't she? Oh, fuck. I mean, J.K. Rowling is probably going to be pissed. She's going to be like, there's no possible, there's no possible in my Harry Potter universe. Well, you're not directly involved, and you were not written, and this was not written by you. So, yeah, and this is coming out of the report that some of the developers pushed for the new character creation options to make the game as inclusive as possible, and they are said to have fought for the game to include the ability to play as transgender character in the race of what, what J.K. Rowling pulled. Oh, you... Oh, you son of a... You know what? She's probably fuming hearing this. That Harry Potter's world is going to be infected in her eyes. That no one will ever play her game now. Even though she's not tied to it. Therefore, she has no way of saying anything about it. So, anyways, uh, as we talk about one terrible author, let's talk about a one terrible person who wrote fantastical stories. Let's talk about another seemingly terrible person that wrote fantastical stories with some questionable stuff I've done, like Dr. Zeus. Yeah, so books like, like and to think I saw it on Millbury Street, If I Ran the Zoo... McElliot's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, The Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer, there will never be published again due to hurtful and wrong imagery. On the author's birthday, no less. Oh. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, this is... Part of the ever-growing saga of cancel culture resurfacing, because 2020 was just wasn't enough for us to deal with. 
Like, they went after Potato Head, but luckily that was thwarted because social media backlash against the backlash of pointless pointless things to get read about. And people I've talked to on Twitter have said, uh, while they don't agree with these kinds of stories, and they don't, but they don't like the idea that they are censoring these content, saying that they're a product of their times, and therefore, or things are different then than they are now. Like, people still remember Dragnet, and look what the content that used to have. So what's so what's the difference here? So yeah, Dr. Seuss is canceled, everybody. Okay, everyone, everyone, everything's canceled. Let's small packer bags. Thanks because if they place if they take away my book I got for my birthday a few years back, which was what on my high school graduation I believe, which was all oh, the places you'll go. I'm pretty certain I'm gonna be fined and fuming. At the mere audacity that people are like this. Like, I'm not saying Dr. Seuss might have done questionable things in terms of his beliefs, but like, there are stuff he's done that are products of their times, and we still talk about what they did in the 1920s that were basically, that was really racist and questionable and offensive. But because America was a different place, whereas racism was the philosophy of life against any and all ethnicities yeah if I keep talking about this I'm gonna get depressed meanwhile square more Square Enix remakes are in development at forever entertainment cool 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 they will earn and forever entertainment a part of this apparent agreement will earn over 50% of the game's revenue generated across all platforms for the remakes but the studio will have front the project but the studio will have to front the development costs for these projects out of its own pocket oh man meanwhile we may get a hopeful a hopeful fix to alien colonial marines because of that disaster Aliens fire, fire Team has been announced and brings Xenomorphs to the survival shooter genre after the disaster of its colonial marines, and we never will talk about that thing ever again. So, yeah, the trailer just launched. It's pretty cool. We'll have to see how it works in the end, and but we'll have to see. But I'm hoping it's pretty good and fixes the mistake that Colonial Marines was that forever ruined it. Randy, Randy Pitchford's reputation with fans, especially made an enemy of Jim Sterling, because he's Jim's effing Sterling son. So, yeah. We'll be back with you all, with all of you back after the break. We're back, everyone. And Lord of the Rings tabletop game hits 1.5 million on Kickstarter with two days to go. Uh... The One Ring, a Lord of the Rings tabletop role-playing game, is crushing it on Kickstarter. With two days to go, the campaign has surpassed 1.5 million. The game made its 100,000 SEK go, aka 11,000 dollars in U.S. cash, Ash, in just four minutes. It currently stands at one over 1.5 million at press time. Eh, the War and Ring becomes one of the most successful ever in Kickstarter's history for a tabletop RPG with its new funding level. Free League Publisher has confirmed another last-minute stretch goal. Should the project reach 15 million SCK, aka 1.78 million, the design will add a solo play mode. Wait, what? If we reach this game, this goal, Acclaimed Solo RPG designers Sean Tomkin and Matt Click will collaborate with the One Ring designer and creating a robust framework to allow solo play. This will, at least be, this will be released to backers as a PDF sometime after the main fulfillment of the campaign. Curses. So, that happened. Yeah, so that sounds pretty cool. Meanwhile, rapper and actor T.I. has been dropped from Ant-Man 3 after abuse allegations. Oh, God. Damn it. So he will not be reprising his character of the role of Dave in the forthcoming Ant-Man movie alongside Paul Rudd. But after serious allegation abuse were made against him and his wife yesterday, the, the day before, oh man, looks look so that, that happened. Let's move on. Mandalorian actor Bill Burr defends Fire Coast Georgina Carno. Oh and oh my God. She, okay, I, I get, I get that she might have been nice to you in the background, behind the scenes, 
But she posted a thing where she basically compared what she's going through to what was going on to the freaking Nazis. You know, because that makes sense, right? So, uh, comparing the discrimination towards American conservatives to the Jewish people just before the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, I don't see I don't see how that should be a rightful comparison. Like, I, I get, like, some people are, like, I'm not, but let's be real. When it comes to politics, let, let me be real on this. Everyone in politics basically sucks. Except Bernie Sanders, because he's secretly a time traveler from the future who's here to warn us of an impending disaster, but sadly doesn't know how to warn us properly because we're all idiots. That's at least my conspiracy theory. Thank you very much. So let's move on. Rock Band 4 as Superman by Goldfinger this week. A pair of DLC tracks this week. The songs known as Superman by Goldfinger and Younger Lungs by Less Than Jake will be available in the store re refresh this week for $2 each. Hmm. Pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Meanwhile, Melissa McCarthy is spotted wearing her Hella costume on the Thor, Lunder set, Thor 11 Thunder set. My god. Helna? Hella? The goddess of death? The secret child of, of Odinson? Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Meanwhile, uh, there is a thing I noticed in the... I never said this, but Hela's character does have, quote, a symp sympathetic moment, unquote, on this, where she's, when she's talking... When she tells... Asgard. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm back, everyone. I've con I'm here to tell, make you be your apex, conquer the remaining realms. We're gonna conquer the universe. We're gonna destroy people. And I've also abolished. I also removed the princesses. Y'all welcome for that. And no one sees. And the guard just goes all. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, surrender now. Or we will show you no mercy. And then afterwards, she says, Whoever I am, did you not listen to a word I said? This is your last warning. Then she just seems noticeably sad. Like, in the trailer, she's portrayed as evil and arrogant, but then this moment in the movie, it's like she's sad, where she says, I thought you'd be happy to see me. Like, it feels like now she realizes what her father did to her, did, erasing her from history to the point that no one remembers her. Which confuses me because aren't the Asgardians practically borderline immortal unless if they stay in their realm? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to be pissed. Meanwhile, MLB, the show, is 4K, 60 frames per second on next gen, including Stadium Creator. PlayStation Studios has shared some neat details on MLB, the show, 21, confirming that PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X editions are running, are capable of running at 4K, 60 frames per second, and that they will have a new mode in the form of Stadium Creator. So, a PlayStation exclusive studio is making a game for the Xbox, which was one of their exclusives. So, can we cancel the console war now, please? Please? For God's sakes, please. Meanwhile, Xbox hires former New York Times video game critic. It, saying, I don't, I can't pronounce the name, but Seth, I can't pronounce that. A video game critic for the newspaper's culture section is leaving his post there, and at the new media company, Protocol is set to join... On Xbox as the company's director of executive communications. Having been contributing to the New York Times for almost two decades, Ace first joined the paper in 96 as a business reporter. He transitioned to the culture department in 2005 where he primarily wrote critiques and commentary about video games and their culture. He was also contributing editor for Protocol where he focused again on video games and the related industries. He also wrote the Boston Globe. He also wrote for the Boston Globe. He now joins Xbox as the director of executive communications, believing gamers are force for good. Right. On Twitter, where he announced this news, he said that he will continue to extend the joy community of gaming to people everywhere in his new position at Xbox. Eh, pretty cool. <sighs> 
Meanwhile, Slasher Classic Silent Night Deadly Night is getting a reboot. And I'm pretty sure that's going to suck. Because reboots tend to generally do that unless you have the original team involved, which means you might as well just make a sequel. Or soft reboot. They might do a soft reboot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Epic Games buys Fall Guys developer Mediatonic, expanding its Battle Royale empire. My god, Fall Guys is doomed. It's doomed! Apparently, this is part of their ambitious plan to create something called the Metaverse of Swords, not to mention the tremendous growth potential, according to Tonic Games co-founder Paul Croft. So, as part of this, paving the way for Epic's vision of a Metaverse. What the f***? Like, at least DC Comics explain why it's called it the Metaverse of the Central Earth Universe. Where everywhere, if it affects the Metaverse, it affects all the other multiverses. Which I'm pretty sure has been removed now thanks to Death Metal and the Omniverse concept. And the fact there are three central powers of reality. Microsoft Mesh revealed as the next step for future mixed reality. Oh, man. Mixed reality called mesh. I, I I don't know how to how to talk about that. Meanwhile, Peacock has ordered a new Bill Nye the Science Guy series called The End is Nigh. A show that was intended to explore worldwide catastrophes and their ability to provide both thrills but also hope and a way forward. The End of Nights features a scientific blueprint for surviving anything that comes our way. No release date yet has been given, but stuff that has been mentioned that will be in it will from viruses to volcanoes to asteroids to authoritarianism and climate change to chemical warfare. Ah, uh, so I might as well just read the news and doom scroll after that. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> New York movie theaters... NYC movie theaters are reopening this weekend, and Tenet will be there. Oh, God, that's a terrible idea. And Battlefield 6, speaking of, is head to teaser points to a Kazakhstan location setting in their game. The cent has been teased as the Central Asian country of Kazakhstan, according to the supposed GPS coordinates. My God. Meanwhile, for those who want to see Black Adam and probably not see Dwayne Johnson at WrestleMania, Black Adam is starting production in April. <sighs> well, that, that sounds about right. Well, everyone, those who are hoping for The Rock to show up at WrestleMania and kick ass and take names, good luck, everybody. Uh, you can all go home now. He probably only he could show up as a guest, but he's not going to wrestle because, you know, now he has a big movie set to show up in. Meanwhile, the wrong turn remake director reveals the scene that landed the NC-17 rating. Uh, originally, there was a scene straight that played straight through in which you see Alan gets his head bashed in and did not cut away like it's going to do there. It keeps going and going, to, and you see the head break apart, but it was a little too much, so we had to cut back. The director commented. So, saying that originally my intention for that moment was that we really haven't seen that much violence on screen up to that point. A lot of it's off screen or hidden, and it was sort of that moment where you're supposed to be confronted from the most brutal form of violence in the movie yet. It's probably still the most brutal piece of violence in the film, but the idea was to not cut away and show it in its full glory. Sick. You're sick. There's a name that kind of is creepy. Hugh Grant is to menace the heroes for the Dungeon Dragons movie, being cast in this upcoming movie according to Deadline. Ready for that? Now let's move on to the comic books, everyone. DC Comics has proudly announced Supergirl and the Woman of Tomorrow. Oh, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Supergirl. Yeah, she's an awesome character. Everyone was wondering to see what she was going to do for Infinite Frontier. <laughs> oh, man. Supergirl returns in a new series. In her first new series in years. Didn't her series end in 2019? So it's been two years. Launching DC's Infinite Frontier with art by I can't pronounce Evely and Matt Lopes, written by Tom King. 
What? So a lot of people heard this and they were all hesitant and angry that Town King was going to write this, thinking that he's just going to ruin Supergirl like he ruined Wally West. Okay, here's the thing when it comes to his writing that I've noticed, and I've said this to some people. Town King works better as a miniseries or limited series writer, but there is something else. He has to also work in a, quote, self-contained environment for the universe that another writer can reverse engineer into the wider universe. That's how Vision worked. That's how Mr. Miracle worked. That's how Batman Catwoman has worked so far. That's how a lot of the miniseries that he's worked on that are not Heroes in Crisis or his, or his previously ongoing Batman run and worked. It, whereas they had some good moments, Heroes in Crisis was garbage, but that's a different matter. That was politically motivated by a guy who has a sadism attitude towards the fictional character. Thank God we won't have to deal with him ever again. At least in DC. So, yeah, it's being written by Tom King, so get ready for that. It will t Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow takes Supergirl and her sidekick Crypto into a space on a journey that will have Supergirl fans cheering for more. Kara Zoel has seen some epic adventures over the years. That's where she found her life without meaning or purpose. Here she is, a young woman who saw her planet destroyed and was sent to Earth to protect her baby cousin who ended up not needing her. What was it for? What was it all for? Wherever she goes, people only seem to get through the lens of Superman's fame. I mean, yeah, if you're wearing the Superman logo. And the cape. And the colors. Yeah, essentially, you're just doing that yourself. So, oh yeah. Just when Supergirl thinks she's had enough, everything changes. And Angler seeks her out uh, for a vicious mission, mission. Her world has been destroyed and the bad guys responsible are still out there. She wants revenge. If Supergirl doesn't help her, she'll do it herself, wherever the cost. Now Kryptonian, a dog, and our angry, heartbroken child is head out to space to the journey that will shake them to the very core. Oh, man. This will be an eight-issue limited series. It's launching June 15th, part of the new Infinite Frontier era. Meanwhile, Infinite Frontier, expanded by a core of writers, has now expanded into basically a six-issue limited series. He's miniseries by Joshua Williamson, and I can't pronounce this other guy's name, so I'm not going to try. We're covers by Mitch Grins, so I'll probably just get the variants. Launching on June 22nd, Infinite Frontier is, is going to focus on... Is going to focus on certain aspects that were introduced, like the Justice League and Inca Justice Incarnate group, uh, probably the 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 Totality and Doom Alliance, the the Justice and Doom Alliance stuff, and yeah, saying that in this summer event, Alan Scott, the Green Lantern from the Justice Society of America, has noticed some of his allies are still missing in action, and he's determined to find them. There are other those. Oh. That would rather remain hidden than explain themselves. Like Roy Harper, a.k.a. Arsenal, a man who should be dead, but is not. Plus, what does it all mean for the DCU's place in the multiverse? On opposite of the dimensional divide, both Barry Allen and President Superman ponders this question, not to mention dark side of it all. Or a team of multiversal heroes called Justice Incarnate. This brand new event for DC has one foot in the past, but both eyes looking forward to the future, as that they hope will remain as bright as it seems. The six-issue miniseries will be written by Joshua Williamson, um, debating on June 22nd. So, yeah. So get ready for that, everyone. A six-issue series and all that insanity that has to come. Meanwhile, James Tyron the Tyron the Fourth has is very, very excited for something Batgirl-related coming this year. In an interview coming later this week about Batman 106, it's Tyrion gave the strongest hints to date that Batgirl or Batgirl's title would be coming for DC later this year, even confirming that there are creators already involved on this mystery project. Saying, honestly, the plans we have for Oracle and the character in the direct orbit around Oracle are big. One thing that we wanted to do was reground re Barbara Gordon at the center of the Batman mythos. Barbara Gordon is the key supporting character in Batman and Batman for Batman in Batman. Redundant, much redundant. She's the key supporting character for Jim Gordon in The Joker. She's the key supporting character for Dick Grayson in Nightwing. Barbara Gordon recently reclaimed the mantle in 2019 and appears in this week's Batman 106 firmly in that role again and that chair. And it's not just her. As other Batgirls, Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane have been orbiting close by. 
Hey, with what could be reading as the beginning of some connection as a formal group for the trio. Oh, that's not just speculation saying, with Tyrion saying, Tyrion saying it's a new way to evolve the Batgirl mythos. She sees front and center in all this, though all the appearances we see that she's building this new direction for herself in a new way to evolve Batgirl mythos with Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown. That's going to culminate just a little bit later in the year in a way that I think fans could probably predict, but it's something that I'm very, very excited for, and we've got some incredible, incredible creators who are going to pick up the baton and carry the next steps forward for Barbara. So, yeah, bad girls are coming. The bad girls are coming. The bad girls are coming. Also, the Simpsons have been renewed for seasons 33 and 34. Do not care. Meanwhile, Ed Jin's graphic novels will explore the true histories of the notorious serial killers. There's in a story called Did You Hear What Eddie Jin Did Done? Yeah. Also, Diablo 2 Resurrected will have two alphas, one single player, one multiplayer. Says it will be later this year, but players can, can, who can't wait to jump back into the remake of the classic Blizzard title will get a chance to participate in both a single player alpha and a multiplayer stress test before then. Speaking to PC Games and Diablo 2 Resurrected, the lead producer, Chris Lena, explained how the rollouts of these alphas will lead up to the game's release, saying we're going to start with a single player tactical alpha and then we'll have a second tactical alpha after that, which is kind of a multiplayer and stress testing. Sign-ups are happening now and it's free to enter. Testers will be chosen randomly and it's important to know that pre-purchasing the game does not gain you access to the alpha. The alpha is upon us. So the director of Pirates of the Caribbean is to reportedly helm a new Netflix adaptation of George R. R. Martin's Sand Kings. The screenplay will be written by original Utopia creator Dennis Kelly who will adapt the story from Martin's Sand Kings no no novella. Uh, the original story set in the fiction Thousand Worlds universe follows the adventures of Simon Cress, a wealthy resident of the planet Baldor, who loves to collect dangerous exotic animals and purchase a terrium um, to house four colonies of these creatures called Sand Kings. Growing larger in size and size to fill whatever space they, they are contained within, with their expanding appetites becoming one of the catalysts behind the coordinated battles as they fight for food from their owner. The colossal creatures eventually break out of the Tyrion prison and take over his house as the hunger starts to intensify along with Simon's despair and desperation. According to the outlet, John on is producing an upcoming Netflix feature under his Digital Riot Media banner, which is the company behind the Happy Death Day horror comedy franchise. He's, he's having a string of high-profile projects and box office hits in his name, including in the 2001 feature The Mexican, starring Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt. The story was previously adapted in 1995 as a TV movie starring Beyonder Bridge, which ultimately served as the first episode of the Outer Limits relaunch. It was also turned into a graphic novel in 1987 by DC Comics, with writer Doug Minich helming the project together with artist Bat Bardrick, like and Neil Mc... I can't pronounce that name. Sand Kings is the latest George R. R. Martin project to be adapted to be brought to the screen. It comes shortly after the re announcement of Resident Evil filmmaker Paul W. S. Anderson is gearing up to direct and ultimately fail The Lost Lands. Yeah, I still think it's going to bomb. Velheim has now surpassed 5 million copies. Oh, man. Oh, man. Congrats. Wanda Vision. Wanda Vision. Director says that there's a lot more Scarlet Witch's story to come, saying we were trying to tell a comparable story in terms of the narrative around Westview, New Jersey, and we hope that there's some resolution to that story, and that is something satisfying and also surprising for the fans. But Wanda will continue into Doctor Strange's movie, and there's a lot more to the story to be told, so this is only one part of a very complicated and very rich life. With the finale WandaVision looming, it's becoming clear that the show is setting a much bigger emphasis on the magical and supernatural sides of the MCU in Phase 4, which might also lead to factoring into the multiverse. Marvel's Studios' Kevin Feige previously indicated that the multiverse would be a ranked theme in the MCU with connections present before and after Doctor Strange 2. Well, thanks a lot, Wanda. You destroyed reality, along with the Avengers. 
So, Superman and Lois, quickly has been renewed for a season two. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen the first episode, so I can't make a final opinion on that. On the show. Meanwhile, as part of humanity's insanity to be cyberpunk-style lifestyle, scientists are creating smart LED tattoos that can glow. Now... You can look like Killmonger. Oh, man. They point to medical use for smart techniques that can make breakthroughs in the fight against cancer. In healthcare, they can emit light, emit light when there's a change in the patient's condition or if the tattoo was turned the other way and it was into the skin. They could potentially be combined with light-sensitive therapies to target cancer cells, for instance. One of the scientists said, Oh, God, we're all going to be cyberpunk freaks soon. Why? Why did scientists do this to us? Oh, my granted, it's going to be probably medical professional miracles, but still. Why would science do this? Meanwhile, Ray Fisher accuses DC executive Jeff Johns and producers... Tom Enrich and John Berg of racially discriminatory conversations focused on his character of Cyborg in Justice League. Yeah. Ray Fisher... Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff to be, to be taken off from that. I'm kind of convinced I shouldn't even poke that grenade. Meanwhile, I started their pitch working with Andrade on WWE TV. He saying, I've actually pitched that. I would be very much open to that. I've done a lot in my career, but nobody has seen me in an on-camera relationship or in that light. I can come across cold on TV. I mean, like, you can come across a bunch of other stuff, but I'm not going to be that insensitive. Like, egotistical, snobby, entitled to a lot of stuff. Feel like you're owed everything, as your character has been described. Stealing people's glories. Going ahead and taking away opportunities from people. I mean, at this point, we're kind of convinced you're not really a nice person at times. But be careful, Charlotte. You might be promoted to annoyance with fans. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, NXT is no longer having championship matches planned for WrestleMania 37. So you might as well declare the, Monday, the Wednesday Night Wars dead to them because they're not taking it seriously. So why should the fan, mainstream fans do? Meanwhile, Mustafa Ali revealed in a Q&A on Twitter that he is currently wrestling despite having suffered a torn posterior circuit leg, ligament, PCL. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's legitimate to the knee and that connects it to the thigh bone, to the shin bone. With injuries, the ligament almost commonly occurring when an individual falls onto their knee while it, while it, it is bent. So I'm getting the feeling he's going to be, you know, probably out of action after WrestleMania. So goodbye, Re Retribution. It was not nice knowing you. Despite all your potential you had, could have made this work. Drew McIntyre's Sheamus opening match has received high praise on social media. According to Fight for the match was also well received from WWE management. The report also suggests that within the promotion are very high on Sheamus' in-ring work at the moment. Fighting for 23 minutes, Sheamus and McIntyre had their first match of the evening of the Raw, which has set the tempo for an enjoyable show for many. The two old friends reportedly called much of the action while in the ring, with the clash being won by McIntyre, hitting a claymore on Sheamus as he went for a bro kick. So, yeah. I honestly kept saying that they should have had this be a WrestleMania since they were building to that, but now it's like, what do we do with McIntyre now? So, there was a big event happening in March. A wrestling for women's charity. They were going to do this this charity event. They were going to have all these great wrestlers show up. But then they screwed up. Because one of the people mentioned it was that SOB, Joey Ryan. The guy who was accused in the speaking out movement. At a women's charity event. What? 
So, yeah, when people found out Jerry Ryan was part of the show, he was hiding right next to Rhino in the poster, even though it was reported that he appears to have been involved to an unknown extent in booking the talent and even had bar wrestling involved in it. Tony Khan announced AEW talent would not be there if Joey Ryan is featured, but he did say this. If he's there, my people aren't going there, but I will happily donate to a women's charity in, in response. Our wrestlers also backed out after Ryan's involvement became public. The now deleted Wrestling for Women's Charity account, Twitter account has announced that the show has been canceled, saying we apologize for riling everybody up. It's clear that we're in over our heads. We'll say that everybody was booked was fully aware of all the details, including... Going through AEW's third-party booking system for talent, rather than put the talent in a tough situation, we've canceled the show. Or, you know, you could have done the event and just kicked Joey Ryan out, but that would imply that Joey Ryan is not part of any of the booking stuff and wasn't involved in it. But it seems like what you just did was basically saying, he is part of it. Way to go. After an almost one-year hiatus, NWA has announced their return with a Back for the Attack pay-per-view event on on Fight TV. Which is coming out according to Inside the Rose. Also announced that NWA signed an exclusive rights to a fight. And past episodes of Power will be moved over to the streaming platform. Following the removal from YouTube. The promotion received a substantial offer from other sports premium promotions. Which Billy Corgan almost agreed to. But Nick Aldis advocated for Corgan and Fight to have a discussion. Following the talks. The, CC, the COO made an offer above and beyond the other deal on the table. And NWA accepted. Hmm. Meanwhile, Melina has revealed that she needs an ACL surgery due to injuries. So that probably had a role in her not getting, uh, you know, signed to WWE if there was a signing on the table. And Asuka claimed, and Dave Meltzer has reported that, or has claimed that the, the kick may have been more impactful than first believed, claiming that Asuka might be dealing with a concussion when she initially lost a tooth. Yeah. Meanwhile, Impact Wrestling indefinitely pauses explosion production. Okay, I'm gonna be real. I completely forgot that was a thing. Did anyone remember that was a thing? I don't think so. Meanwhile, the villain, Marty Scroll, who showed up at New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong's event in the tapings, has been removed from said tapings. And will not be appearing on any New Japan Pro Wrestling programming for the foreseeable future. Yes. But before we can end this stuff on, we have two more big stories to talk about. First is we must have a moment of silence. Ten seconds. Jim Crockett Jr. of Jim Crockett Promotions has passed away. A moment of silence, please. Thank you. Jim Crockett was 76 years old, and it was reported that he was dealing with a battery of health issues, including liver and kidney failure, and his weekend was known to be hospitalized in intensive care. Made public and later confirmed by Brian Alvarez, Robert Gibson confirmed the news after AEW Diamond went off the air. So, yeah, that, that that's nice to hear. Why is the bad news happening when we're all elated, when wrestling fans are elated and in jovial attitude watching a good shows? Watching good shows and wrestling like AEW and NXT? It's annoying, isn't it? It's frustrating. It's saddening. It ruins all the mood. And I'm, I'm sad for Jim Crockett. And he lived a long life. He built a massive promotion with Jim Crockett Promotions. He did try to make some comebacks, but it just wasn't going to be the same. And that he worked with Paul Heyman, they were going to work on something. But Paul Heyman was more about we need to embrace a new age of wrestling. Jim Crockett was more of a traditionalist, and that fell through. But he did his impact, and I wouldn't be surprised if what happened on AEW Dynamite, where where we had where we had NWA tiles show up and Tully Blanchard, JJ Dillon to show up. 
and with the with FTR and the, doing the Four Horsemen stuff, it was like it was sort of like trying to pay respects because they knew they probably knew sooner before everyone else did that he was gone. Maybe I I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that as fact. It's just a theory that they wanted to honor their this late promoter for everything he's done for the business. So let's cap this final news off with hope with a jovial new a moment. According to Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast, which I follow and they follow me back, so I heard this. The Wednesday Wars is is looking to be coming to an end in less than two years after they began. Report. WWE NXT is apparently, according to Batman Wrestling Pro Wrestling, and Dave Meltzer even back saying it's a done deal, but they have to make an announcement of this. NXT is moving to Tuesday nights on April 13th. You may probably begin celebrating at the time of this video and podcast. Yes! Finally, we can move on from what was supposed to be this glorious, content-rich era of wrestling that we were supposed to get this big, jovial rebirth that turned into a cesspool of toxicity and garbage and all this unnecessary fan fight be tribalists and BS they were pulling. Oh, God, it's ending. I feel like they're still going to be tribalists trying to downplay every company. But now AEW and NXT get to grow more. They get to have their chance to shine. Especially after the viewerships came out this week. Like, oh my god, NXT went down tremendously. They're at 600,000 viewerships at best. Clo maybe clock you into near 700,000. Meanwhile, AEW is gearing up to go to, to a million soon. Thanks to Shaquille O'Neal's appearance. It was near a million, but, but it's a sign. So finally, finally, we get to say goodbye to the once good intentioned Wednesday Night War era and say hello to the glorious content rich of all brands. Now we have to just worry about AEW Dark, though that's a YouTube program so it doesn't really affect anything, but now we have to worry about Impact Wrestling and NXT going at it. And you know how Impact and NXT fans are going to probably go at it, like, say... Your company sucks. You see, your impact. You had Hogan. Oh, yeah? Well, you were the game show. Okay, that's harsh, but fair. So, yeah. Goodbye, Wednesday War. We will sadly not miss you as you should have been missed. Well, that was the Year Reality Collective, everybody. <laughs> Stay tuned for more, everyone. Take care. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.